0: two, one, zero. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Launch Sequence podcast. This time, a little post-CitizenCon episode. We just finished the big annual event for Star Citizen a couple of days ago. It was a crazy time. It was in the middle of the day for some people. But for others like my friend morphologist who's here with us today it was like early early morning so mm-hmm. for starters thank you for uh for staying up for that putting up with that weird weird timing i know you're all the way over there in in taiwan right so a lot of the yeah, things I, you get are like that
1: yeah pretty much everything's like in the middle of the night for me and i have to stay up to to watch it um, well but it was it was fine for that i mean it's a one time a year thing, so it's not
0: so bad. Well, let me be the first to thank you for putting in that effort because I'm looking forward to the video you put out for it. Yeah, but
1: same back at you, man.
0: Thank you. For I, your videos. I, I still don't know how I'm <laughs> gonna do it. There's just so much stuff. I don't it's always a interesting, interesting sequence trying to figure out how to cover CitizenCon. But thank you for joining me today for this episode, folks. We've got a good one planned, morphologist, as you know. Does a lot of YouTube content, covers a lot of Star Citizen, amongst other games. And I thought it'd be great to have him on so we could just discuss our thoughts on the event, how things went, what we were expecting, and what actually happened. So again, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: No, my pleasure, man. Thanks for inviting me to have a discussion, and I'm excited to kind of go into things again. It also helped me kind of like reform my thoughts because I'm writing the script right now. Um, It's always helpful to like talk about it, to organize things, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, this definitely helps. Um, So before we jump into the Star Citizen stuff, I, I do want to mm-hmm. take a moment to acknowledge that you have been branching out a little bit more on YouTube this year, and recently, I've noticed um, some cyberpunk coverage you've been doing. How's that been going for you?
1: Yeah, uh, it's been going really, really well. I posted, um, as some of you might know, or if you don't, there was an anime that just came out on Netflix um, called Cyberpunk Edge Runners which is based in the cyberpunk universe uh, it actually was a anime that went under development during the development of the game but it took them a long time to put it out uh, it took them quite a few years and i think they had 350 artists and writers working on it uh, alongside cdpr's own people so it was a it was a gargantuan effort uh for the 10 episodes they produced and it just so happened that the, um, the the show was a wild success um, for them, and I'm, I congratulate them. it's It's really great that uh, they found some success with it, and it dri- ended up driving a lot of people, including myself, back into the world of cyberpunk. I loved the game experience when I first started. I played through the campaign, and I, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, there's a lot of bugs, and still there are some bugs now. but i I'm you know i'm I'm a big fan of the genre. I mean, I loved Blade Runner. And um, other cyberpunk, um, like, animes such as, uh, you know, Ghost in the Shell is kind of within that genre as well. Mm-hmm. They all kind of fall within that that area, 1980s kind of style, uh, dystopian future. Um, and so I, I decided, you know, it seems like a great time to jump back in because I recognized a lot of the locations that they'd shown in the anime. It's like, oh, I know those places. I remember playing through the campaign and seeing that. So I was like, oh, I'll just do a quick video showing all the locations. Um, as fast as I can, because I know it's like everyone's searching for it, and yep. I hit the algorithm perfect. It uh, it ended up being my best performing video ever on my channel. Wow, I mean, it had, doesn't have the most views. I mean, I think that's the 1.8 million view 890 jump video, but nothing ever accelerated in uh, viewership like this did. It was like straight up from whatever else I had ever done before. Yeah. And so, right now, it's sitting at around 900K views after just a couple weeks, which is insane for me. Holy crap. Um, yeah, it drove a lot more people to my channel, and they also watched my old cyberpunk review of uh, Night City, which has now gone up to a half a million views in just a, a couple of days as well. So, like, it's doubled in views. And I had a short that I posted, which got like near half a million views. Um, so, you know, this month has. Yeah, more shorts. I started doing shorts because um, it seemed like a good format to do a quick thing that I just wanted to share but didn't need a whole video for. Yeah. So I thought, what the hell, I'll give it a try. And it ended up being really successful as well. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I've i made um, now four cyberpunk videos. They've all done insanely well, and it's put my channel views up to just 1.9 million in the past uh, past 30 days, which is the best ever for my channel. Um, It's quite insane. So I'm very proud of that. I'm very excited uh, for for kind of getting or expanding my channel a little bit. And I'm kind of excited to do some more Cyberpunk content. There's still some more stuff to talk about with it. You know, there's the new update coming next year. So... Uh, and, and there's also, you know, they're working on a sequel and stuff. So there, there seems, there's a lot of mileage to get out of it and I'm still really interested in it. So it seems like a perfect fit outside of star citizen, uh, when, you know, there's a bit of a, of a lull, a uh, bit of a, I would say a desert right now in co- <laughs> for content, um, to, to cover aside from sitcom, I mean, sitcom, obviously I'm going to get, um, a, a video out for that, but yeah. aside from that, there's just not much to talk about right now with star Citizen, So,
0: well, that's uh, so good. Those views are not bad. Not not bad at all. Not no, no. bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> not kidding. That's like that's actually I think more than my entire channel history just in those last 3 weeks in terms of views. That's that's incredible, man. Um yeah. Cyberpunk is Thank having you. a moment and it's it's it good for them. I personally was one of those people who was very frustrated with the original state of the game and mm-hmm. uh I'm also one of those to a lot of people probably annoying people who still have a lot of problems with the game. I mean, obviously it's subjective. Everyone has their own feelings, but I definitely went into it expecting something a little bit different, something a little more uh I guess I was hoping that it would be uh a little a little more when you got the idea of the game, you got this idea of like different decisions and being able to uh, take drastically different playstyles and see the game kind of form around that playstyle. but the game really felt kind of static to me as I played through it in terms of dialogue options and choices I could make and ways that I could approach certain scenarios it, it all felt a little bit too structured compared to what I was expecting but I do I think it it's got a lot going for it um, it's a very impressive game it's a good action-adventure game and it's high octane, so I'm glad to see that the work that those devs have put into it, because you can tell there's a lot of work put into it, are, are getting to see uh, some of it come to fruition and see people really appreciate what they what they made.
1: Yeah, I, I um I had the opportunity to unofficially speak with some developers, and I won't name them because I don't want to get them in trouble. But I I know I know that there was uh there was a bit of heartbreak when the the whole thing came out uh and that you know it just it it wasn't received like they had hoped i mean they had worked for you know eight eight years on this it was their baby and then to see it just just go off so poorly um it was it was it was it was heartbreaking and for a lot of people very depressing for quite some time so to see this come back and um really you know they've also patched a lot i will will say that like there's been quite a few patches since the release so it's definitely in a way better state now i would say now it's in a state where it probably should have released uh as opposed to before so they definitely still needed like a year to get to get it working right yeah um now people can actually appreciate it for what it is without having the bugs kind of get in the way of the story and yeah i think that the the marketing team and the way that they'd originally envisioned the game and pitched it way back five, six years ago, whenever they first talked about it, um, kind of misled a lot of people such as yourself about what the experience was going to be like, because it was based off the tabletop game, which is a, a, if you don't know, it's a you can be whoever you want in this tabletop game. And um, that's kind of how they pitched it. They wanted to, the game to kind of be that way. You, you can be an investigator. You can be a police officer. Um, it wasn't about one person and one story, and but it ended up being that way. And so when people came into it, um, yeah, it just felt a lot more limited. But there was also clearly a lot more things that they wanted to do, even with just that story, mm-hmm. that they didn't end up finishing. I mean, if you yeah. go through the game um, and you even like no clip through some spaces, you can tell that like the end card system was originally that was the subway system was supposed to be functional and usable. Uh, there's a whole section of the map that just was unfinished um, that they just left in the game, but can't access and is never part of the story. Uh, so, like, there's there's a lot of stuff like that. It's unfortunate, and I don't know what happened with that. Um, I have no insider information on that, but it's clear that there, there were some problems. But for what it is and what's there now, I, I, I've appreciated the game. I think it's just the what the expect the expectations they created are what created problems. The game yeah, experience itself, absolutely. if you had not had those expectations coming in, I think you would really enjoy it because yep. there are, um, I know you said it didn't feel like your decisions matter. Going back and doing some of the, uh, doing the campaign again, I realize that there are entire mission chains where um, if you make a decision at the beginning, say for example, you have a chance to intercept somebody and kill them as the, as the outline says, that you won't experience a whole nother part of the mission uh, if you decided to go counter to the request, which is to just let them live, and then you like uh, you like you go th- like the, there's this one crucifixion mission which is insane. Um, if you didn't kill the guy right away, it went on for like another thirty minutes with a bunch of dialogue and things that you could do. So there mm-hmm. were definitely things like that in the game, mm-hmm. but um, it's just it wasn't it wasn't that clear. So yeah, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm glad that they're finally. Having people come back in and, and experience it and it, it's really good stuff. It's
0: so. it, it that's good to know um, I haven't started playing it again I was gonna start playing probably when the update came out, but just watching my wife play uh, Those were some <laughs> of the things I saw and hearing her commentary about it was was kind of eye-opening um, But yeah the idea that there are things that were there that they were working on that didn't get into the game you know it it rings true, I think, of a lot of other games. We keep reading about these different projects from, um, I don't know, Fallout 76 to Mass Effect, Andromeda to Anthem to Cyberpunk, where there's just like clearly things going on behind the scenes that are causing development to have troubles. And there are plans that they have that they just have to cut for whatever reasons, whether yeah. publishers need them to get it out, whether their, uh, their company needs to have better earnings for their uh, investors, or whether they just have a deadline to hit. But that's kind of the problem that these companies keep running into. And it's in contrast to a company like CIG, who doesn't really have those problems for better or for worse. They can essentially rewrite entire crucial parts of the game in ways that they see the game progressing forward. And I think that's something that we'll probably end up talking about today as we dive into the CitizenCon Citizen Con. Conversation because we did get some pretty major pieces of news at CitizenCon that show. Uh, I don't want to say wildly different forms of gameplay, but definitely significant changes to how we play the game. Things that people might not necessarily expect this late in development. I'm not a developer, so I don't know exactly when or how you introduce these things, but things that clearly CIG feels they're in the position where they can be comfortable making a change, seeing how it affects the game, and then moving forward with development. So we'll get to that stuff. But I mm-hmm. figure, why don't we start by talking about CitizenCon as an event, what it's kind of meant to do, and what it's been doing the last few years. That way we can draw some context to this year for people who haven't been seeing them and how it how it went this year. So going off of, let's say, 2021, which had you know things about Gen 12 and server meshing and persistence and then the keynote, which was just a mission in Outpost to 2019, which also had things about Planet Tech. Um, they had some stuff about AI and sound effects, but the keynote itself, again, was a mission in Microtech sort of showing off some of the stuff they wanted to be doing. What did you think they were trying to do with those events? And how do you think this one compared?
1: Um, well, I mean, the con part of citizen con, I mean, I think it's, uh, within the, the cultural, uh, dictionary is that that just generally means that there's a physical event where people get together and talk about and, ex- you know, their experience and their love for subject and, and there are presentations and panels that are interactive with mm-hmm. people responsible for making whatever the thing it is that the con is about. So, you know, if it's a, um you know a a trek con or something then you star trek you know you go watch panels with people who were in star trek and then talk to fans um so i think clearly before it was much more of a big um extravagant event where fans could get together and talk about star citizen and talk to the developers interact directly finally meet some people meet meet content creators And because of that, you know, like they were, CIG was encouraged then to reveal bigger things and talk and have bigger, shinier presentations. Um, So they were always like a huge highlight of the year. They would get huge views, and um, they'd be very exciting to be uh, to watch online or participate in person with. And then, of course, uh, as as we all know, the pandemic hit, and from then on. There were no in-person citizen cons, and from them they did try to do like a, a like a pseudo con, a virtual citizen con, f- following year mm-hmm. or the, the the second year following. The year directly afterward, there was nothing. I think there was nothing, right? And then yeah. after that, they did a virtual citizen con last year, which was still like it still had some great information, but I think everybody kind of felt like it was still like not the same kind of experience. And this year, I think, is then even a step down from that in terms of like. The huapalooza, like the bunch the, the the big extravagant presentations. there were even fewer of those. Mm-hmm. um and I, I you know some people will say it's a good thing. this is great because it allows them to focus on development and get something out the door. and I can see that perspective, but on the on the flip side of that, it's also a marketing opportunity to get people interested in the game and bring in new backers. so uh, and 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 for us who care about the game to, to have some insight, importantly on the year ahead what are they doing going forward what is the game going to look like um you know it's it's kind of like a state of the union address in a sense from chris and, and crew uh, and i guess we kind of got that but it's just been lighter and lighter in terms of where we're going with definitives it's it's become more about you know here's what we're working on it's going to come out sometime soon when we don't know you know maybe maybe uh, 4.0 maybe after 4.0 so not yeah. to diminish the information. It's still good. It's just not it's not as I, I think it's become more of a a very nice ISC, which isn't a bad thing than a citizen con. So that that's my feeling. I, I don't want to say what they did was bad. I don't want them to not do it if it's all they can do, but it certainly isn't like citizen cons of ye olden days.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a an element of the community that's missing the hype of older Citizen Cons, right. very much to the point where some people were already saying it beforehand, you know, no keynote, this is not a Citizen Con. This doesn't feel like something that they need to really throw an event around. And the expectations that they set going into it, saying there's no keynote and uh, talking, and then the specific names of the panels was pretty important. And I think. One of the things that caught me most off guard was I I was a little bit confused going into it. Looking at the different panels and the features they had planned for those panels and the way that they named them all Journey to 4.0 had me very much of the mindset of this, all these things could be coming in 4.0, making it an absolutely huge update. There is a lot of important things that they're talking about, but it sounded like during the event that was not the plan. And it's actually more four point one two three kind of things
1: yeah i'm i'm actually i'm not so sure about that even i think the reason why they said that is because some are being optimistic about four point releasing you know kind of on schedule next year which would be quarter two kind of what they were internally imagining mm-hmm. but i i think realistically um a lot of all this stuff or most of it will be in 4.0 because 4.0 i think is going to be a year out i think it's going to release Maybe at CitizenCon next year. Maybe afterward is like the end of the year patch for mm-hmm. Pyro and all this. And so that's over a year for them to work on a lot of this stuff. And much of it did seem like there were quite a quite a ways with it. Um. So I, I expect that we will see most of it. Yeah. And 4.0. I think that comment was just optimism. To be honest, it, it sounded like pessimism, pessimism, but really it was optimism.
0: I I hope that's the way we can look at it because I'm I guess. Mm-hmm it's a good point that you say that with the context of the actual schedule. Cause I'm sitting here thinking, you know, we're not getting 4.0 earlier than next summer. Like absolute earliest.
1: No, it started It started as it was gonna be first quarter next year. Mm-hmm. Now it's like second quarter next year and they haven't said it, but I'm positive it's at it's least be, yeah. third quarter next year. There's right. no way, no way it's going to be first or second quarter next year. You just cannot see it with the way PES is going.
0: Yeah, so, so
1: which is not it's not going we don't have it yet. There's not, not even evocati with the with right. the uh, PS. Yeah,
0: so. CitizenCon is gone come and coming on and it's not an evocati. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. about basically a month until mid-November. I don't think we've seen many patches go from evocati to live release in the space of a month, let alone something this big. So probably thinking PTU for IAE. PTU for IAE end of the year kind of
1: thing absolutely for 318. See how see yeah. how that
0: goes. I think th- this is another chance for them to kind of learn and restructure how they plan for these things because I imagine getting going to 318 PTU for IAE is not something that they wanted to do this year. Uh,
1: they might not even do that, man. I think they might do a 3174 actually for mm-hmm. for IAE. They might even I mean I I can't imagine. I cannot imagine them using a pt ptu for IAE actually yeah, yeah. yeah so there's no there's actually you know let's let's go back here i there's no way no way that they're gonna have 318 for pt uh, for IAE it's impossible uh, yeah I even how soon it is
0: that's a reasonable expectation yeah. and they probably should be getting out ahead of that at this point
1: yeah this it's going to be a 317 dot patch 100 no doubt
0: and that's I, I will
1: i will put money on that
0: that would be seven months on 317 patch cycle i think the first one came in may or was it june
1: i mean technically technically the three oh yeah yeah i know yeah it's, it's i think it's going to turn out to be like a full half a year patch
0: reminds me of uh 2.6 to be
1: honest it does yeah we're we're i think we're back in 2.6 territory yeah. if i'm perfectly honest
0: interesting um, I'm,
1: at least they're, I mean, they're talking to us, which they weren't before. So there, there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good thing. But uh, in terms of actual, like, tangible content, we're, we're, we're in a very, very difficult drought right now. We're in the middle of the desert looking for the oasis.
0: <sighs> so. Good old good times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they went with that 4.0 moniker on these different panels. Um, and they showed a decent amount. Let's start with the fact that these are all things, everything that we saw during CitizenCon was stuff that we've been reading about in monthly reports. That was That's the one thing that I'm continuously coming back to because I don't think that's ever been yeah. true before in CitizenCon. If we've never gotten to just talk about things that we already knew they were actively working on, how did you feel about the different places? Some of it was concept art, some of it was in-engine, um, some of it was actually just talking, which I was actually quite surprised by. How did you feel Are you about talking
1: about the end bit?
0: The end bit No, no, with, no. Uh... I'm, I'm talking about the uh, design brief for the investigation missions. And it was a little bit, oh, a well, little bit at the end well, with some.
1: Actually, actually, I think that there was more to that than met the eye. I went back and I was looking at the footage, cutting it together, and mm-hmm. they do have a full concepted mission in there with all the, all the components of it. So. I think they're further along than they than maybe it at first appeared because there was a lot of talking. I just think that there's not much to show with these missions. It's just another archetype. It's just, you know, go and find these things. Um, what what can you really show? Uh they well, they did show like looking at a dead body, looking at a little a thing that you can pick up and look through some text. I mean that, I mean that's probably what it is.
0: I think I think the and again big disclaimer. I haven't watched mm-hmm. this stuff over again. So all of my opinions right now are based on kind of when i was watching it on the stream talking to chat i missed a few things but i do feel like um when they were talking about it it was a lot about the vocabulary they were using the stuff that would annoy people in previous years we want or we believe or maybe which is you know reasonable considering all of this is still work in progress but it did feel kind of like we were getting a mission explained to us in concept rather than being walked through what they had already nailed down. And like you said, there is some footage there. I did appreciate being able to see some of that footage. Um, But ultimately, I was hoping for a little bit more significant idea of like, how much will this scale? Are you planning on having this in just one spaceship, kind of like uh, we have the black kite mission is it going to be like a a one sort of place thing and then it'll be expanded out is this an archetype that'll be put in multiple places like the box deliveries maybe they're not ready to talk about that stuff how did you feel though about yeah. what they were saying about the investigation missions and the footage they showed
1: um it's interesting that we start with that i mean like i don't think it was the most interesting thing to discuss so maybe we just start with the least interesting thing
0: absolutely <laughs>
1: um it it was uh I mean, it was all right. It was a new mission archetype. We need more missions. I'm glad to see that we're getting more. It's not maybe personally something that I'll enjoy, but I know somebody will enjoy it, and that's what's important. I think that um, having more things for different types of people to do in Star Citizen is great. It you know, it, it, it attracts more variety of players, and that makes, the, I think, the experience richer when you have a greater variety of, of people within the universe. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the content itself... Uh, it did look like a little bit similar to what we already have you know go and find this body um in this cave or go and find this body in this wreck at a caterpillar it kind of felt that way um with the caveat that oh you you can't find the body until you look at the the little panel thing that shows it says like oh so and so did this and maybe the body's over there yeah um so just it could be uh just additional stuff on top of that which is the pessimistic way to look at it but i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt um just you know out of respect for them and their work and hope that there's a bit more to it that this starts to look more like a typical mmo um par or above par mission set where you've got interaction with npcs and the environment and it takes you on a little bit of a story um, I hope that's what it is. Probably won't be what it is, but I hope that's what it is.
0: So what do you we'll see? What do you think of the game mechanic that they kind of showed where like you gather evidence and it just sort of fills up a bar? And then by the end of the mission, you can basically just select a bar that's most filled up. Does that seem like it's kind of taking away some variability or, or personal opinion in the mission and, and making you focus on what would be considered the correct answer?
1: Well, I mean, how else would you do an investigation mission? It's not like you can fill out a paragraph in game and then have an AI read your paragraph to make sense of what yeah, you no, make. no no that's I, beyond capability of current gaming. um, so I think, I think having a a mechanic, a gamified mechanic that that gives you these different options is fine, and it's not like they're the first game to do something like that yeah, um so i i I think that that's fine um it's, you know, very early days it looked like. You know, some of its stuff had like developer stuff notes and stuff on it. So mm-hmm. I, I I think it could be fine. I mean, I think it could be fine. Um
0: I guess I would it's say just, it
1: depends on if you're interested in, in that kind of thing, right? I mean, if if you really get involved in the investigation, then maybe you'll enjoy that. I don't know. Yeah. I,
0: um, I was it, thinking the alternative would be like you can find the evidence but it ultimately comes down to you actually thinking to yourself like what makes most sense and then guessing as opposed to getting pointed directly towards the person who it might be uh but different levels of difficulty maybe
1: yeah but then they also said that certain certain evidence was going to be more significant than others that would tell you for certain that this is indeed the this is indeed the the correct answer so I think maybe it uh you might still be you might not find everything and you still have to make like a gut instinct decision on what you think is the best, even if yeah. one bar's filled up and you get a sense that this isn't the right answer and then you answer something else and and uh maybe that's the right one so we'll I guess we'll we'll just have to find out yeah. we'll just have to find out yeah
0: we'll see i I just want to get my name who, teacher on
1: who knows maybe the the actual direct correct answer pamp little thing that you find her body is falling through the world and you'll never find it so you just have to go you have There's to go the, with your gut
0: the true detective scenario yeah <laughs> body's gone figure out what happened. fallen through. Yeah. um okay so the i think the only panel that happened before that one was this is what they kind of opened up with yeah planets and they showed off six of the i think it's like 12 planetary bodies, including the moons around Pyro 5, yeah. something like that. Uh, something like that. So it's been a little while. They finalized their planet tech around when microtech was being finished, and then they started to focus on things like canyons and large archaeological fixtures and rivers and stuff. How do you think mm-hmm. they've done so far on progress? Do you, did you expect them to be further along with what they showed, or did you like what you saw? No,
1: I I think that the, I got two key uh, two key bits of information from their presentation, which I thought was really great. The first was that they said that they uh, made progress with the tech, which enabled them to add additional biomes and create good transitions between those biomes within a given planet, which I think helps create more diverse and interesting experiences on, on, on planets and moons, mm-hmm. which is great. And that's a necessary step forward for them being able to get to places like Terra and earth where which have very, uh, very uh, huge varieties of, uh, yeah. Different, different gonna be ecosystems. crazy It's gonna be crazy, right So um, it's, it's good to see that they've made progress towards that. Um, and they've also added to the asset library for making more planets and moons, which is always good to see. yep uh, the other big thing though that I thought was uh, a really uh, encouraging though was their uh, the tools now enable them to create points of interest unique um unique elements and locations on planets which are immediately recognizable uh, because right now if you look at a lot of the moons and planets in stanton they're very samey yeah. you know they're, they're they're more or less noise maps of planets uh, sorry of, of like mountains and plains and river not rivers but like lakes and stuff which um doesn't have a super discernible pattern but there clearly is a pattern to it uh in some way to create that. But now they're the artists are able to apparently go in and create these large formations that we see in our own real soul system, you know, with Mars and the, uh, the Mariner Valley, the big scar that goes across the moon. Yep. Uh, I uh, across uh, Mars. Yeah. Uh, or, or like Olympus Mons, you know, like the massive super volcano. Th- those are really interesting points of interest that I would want to go and visit as an explorer, but also just gives you kind of a more recognizable uh, memorable attribute to a given location for something. It makes it feel more like a real place. And so the fact that they can do that is great. I, that means, uh, you know, I hope that we can see more stuff like the Grand Canyon or Yosemite Valley on on some of the moons and planets that we have in, in other systems because those are the cool places where you want to go and explore. So I think that, uh, well, and, and to have like real gameplay in, like uh, I think Burke's brought up on our stream that it'd also be cool to, tie these large landmarks to specific types of resources or activities that you can do on these planets to draw you towards them visually and i think that that is a a great point and and i do hope that it's in some way tied to gameplay they didn't talk about that but um, i can imagine that the other teams responsible for it because they were just a planet tech team not gameplay um they could they're probably gonna look at that and say ah okay so that big scar that's where we're gonna put the most valuable resources because you know it, it dug into the planet's surface and it left a lot of exper- uh, expensive stuff. So uh, I hope that that's what they do. I think that's what they're going to do. They're pretty. They're pretty smart. They're they're pretty creative. So
0: yeah, it's really nice. Such yeah. It is yeah. nice to see such diversity coming out of the Planet Tech team. Like you said, being able to yeah. move away from Stanton, which was kind of just build the planets and make sure to be able to fill them to have this set of planets that are all distinct have their own feel their own atmosphere you look at a picture of one and you know what it is is really really cool and and the uh the landmarks are going to be great i mean like you said like you said came from uh Captain Burke's show we could have an NBC out there on what was it pyro i want to say it was four pyro four mm-hmm. that had like the big rock arches that's just like hey we've got a race that we do here Here's the arches Mm -hmm. that you got to fly through. That's your mission. Do a time trial. Like stuff as simple as that, that can be linked to a specific planet like that is great. What I hope that we can see in the future when they do these is maybe also bring out a locations developer or somebody from one of those teams who can also speak towards a little bit. Hey, yeah, this is the planet tech that's going on. This is what it looks like. Let me tell you a little about what I can do to dive into that and add more content to these these planets. Because... Like you said, this is just the Planet Tech team, and a lot of people see the planets and go, okay, planets are cool, but what else is there? Not realizing there are other teams that work on that stuff, and it might be nice to have one of them there.
1: Here's the other thing that I think is important to stress about Planet Tech. Um, Planets are a huge part of space, space exploration. And although we know as players of Star Citizen that they need to have gameplay associated with them to keep you interested after a period of time, it is ultimately what attracts people to Star Citizen. It is a big shiny thing to show off. And so I think that there is a lot of value in making planets look better. It's going to entice more people to come in. And and I like that the planets are also becoming so detailed and so varied with interesting points of interest because they make them infinitely more interesting than pl- the planets of like No Man's Sky, which of, uh, of which there are infinite amounts, but they all are pretty samey. Like once you see one location on one planet in a No Man's Sky uh, star system, you know what the entire planet surface looks like. There's no variety. It just has this kind of samey auto-generated look to it. Um, not so with planets and Star Citizen. I mean, they really are starting to feel like you could explore different parts and find different interesting things. We're just now getting to that, though, because I would say the stuff we have in Stanton is still very much like you see one location. It's kind of very similar throughout. Yeah. Um, so.
0: Yeah, because most of the surfaces you can explore right now in the game are moons. Like, really, we right. only have Microtech and Hurston to explore. Hurston being the oldest planet in the game, so clearly doesn't have as much going for it. Microtech's impressive, Mm -hmm. but like now we're about to get six planets with different biomes. That is a massive expansion in terms of the actual tangible planetary surface that you can see. And like compared to Damar or Lyria, the multi-biome, the multiple biomes, like you said, is a a lot different.
1: Yeah, They're wildly different. I mean, I I remember them showing multiple different images and uh, of not images, but like uh, multiple different bits of footage, cuts of footage of the same planet and it just looked like a different planet or moon. It was like, wow, this is the same place. This is this is great. You yeah. know, you can go to a different place and it's a completely different experience, which is more realistic. It's like, you know, like Earth, you know, the Sahara is completely different mm-hmm. than the middle of the rainforest. Yep. Yeah, those 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 are completely different experiences.
0: And one of the things I noticed was that some of the art that they were using in the pyro planets was actually stuff that they originally had showed off they were working on for Nix. So yeah, gets me mm-hmm. interested again and like in my mind. I'm like, I know what Nix is about. We we know Delamar and all this stuff, but I realize that they are moving so much faster than that. And what we are going to get in the eventual Nix that comes to the game is probably going to be wildly different than what I'm expecting. It just gets me more I, excited I for future that. systems.
1: I would expect that. Yeah. As the tools become more and more mature and as the team gets better and better what they do and the team gets bigger, we're going to get better and better planets which is great i mean it just it definitely still creates that selling point for star citizen that differentiates it from any competition there's not much competition but it differentiates it at least from the competition that exists yeah
0: yeah it definitely it it's getting star citizen is getting its vibe it's kind of getting that thing where you see a picture of it on the internet you pass it around like it shows up somewhere and people will actually start to recognize it as star citizen i think the planets are doing a good job of that
1: um, i this- mean so, some of them look but some of those like f- like in orbit images of the planets of star citizen are starting to look like images from like our own satellites orbiting distant moons and planets like europa or or uh looking at uh, pluto and stuff like that that's how good the they're starting to get from certain distances so it's it's quite remarkable
0: yeah all right, on to another panel. Um mm-hmm. the new underground. This one was chock full of concept art, and I honestly did not set my set my expectations correctly for it, considering the only person on it mm-hmm. was an art director. Um but they also did show a little bit of white box at the end. Overall, though, this whole- I think
1: it was I think it was a little bit beyond white box actually. Yeah. Um I I'd, I it seemed like some of those areas were way more polished with like complete assets and and textures than you would expect out of a pure white box uh form of the building. Like certainly the the upper half was still white box like the entrance area, but some of those underground areas, man, those were those were pretty you far fired. along. It seems like they're cooking along with this new concept. And as as far as what we've seen from the teams from like uh um what is what is their new God? I always forget the name of the new team. Um. Anyway, their environmenters seem to be being able to to cook out things much more quickly than the like the actual gameplay teams. What um, is places wh- to explore seem to come out faster than
0: things yeah. to do. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> that's that's for sure. What did you think of first the concept, the way the the reason and way that they're changing these underground facilities and uh what do you think of the way they presented it do you think that it was right for them to go so heavy on concept art and then show the in-game stuff should there have been a mix did you have any any uh, pros or cons of that
1: i i actually really liked um the presentation about the underground facilities i think it shows that they're iterating on a uh, on something that's been very monotonous and boring as somebody who really enjoys fps combat um and i, I noticed this also um with level cap who obviously is a big fps player he yeah We're both really, really excited for it because for the longest time, the only thing we've had, the only place we've been able to go to reliably do FPS combat has been bunker missions. And they're pretty much all the same. They're all the same location. They're all the same kind of dull, boring FPS combat. Um, So you can only do that for so long. So it's great now that we're seeing them expand on that. One thing that really stuck out to me, though, Aside from the incredible visuals, which of course they're always able to pull off. I mean, everything they do looks stunning. It's their thing. Um, it's their thing. Uh, was the, the 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 comment about 60 minutes of gameplay in the underground facility. It's clearly not something we have now. You can be in and out in 10 minutes or less. Um that to me more is starting to begin it's starting to sound like uh like a raid or uh like a like a dungeon star citizen you know you get together with a small group of friends and you go down and you do a mission and i'm i'm excited for that kind of gameplay if that's the concept of these facilities and it does seem like that is so i'm really really excited for um the underground facilities that they're working on i mean the different sizes they have small uh, medium and large they showed us the medium uh we don't know what the large and and smalls are going to look like yet so um i'm i think it's a it's great it's really great to to give that um uh, to give that some attention right now, because we do need, we do need more variety of things to do. And this gives them a place to do them uh, mm-hmm. an interesting location to do them on planet surfaces. Uh, I also noticed within the presentation that uh, Ian Leyland said that he was working with Todd Pappy um, on some of the locations within the facility during like the white box phase to strategize about how to integrate gameplay into the design in a meaningful and interesting way so that to me says that you know they are looking to introduce real gameplay along with these facilities when they're introduced uh so i'm excited for that and and in terms of when i think we'll see that stuff i actually think we will see a handful of them uh with pyro coming in Uh, in fact i I would guarantee that we're going to see a handful of them with 4.0
0: you think they'll be Um, in pyro does that seem like infrastructure that makes sense I think
1: there will be in Pyro because remember that they're perfectly willing to introduce only a single or a couple variations on the concept in game. Like they did it with caves. Um, They did it now with the uh, with the reclaimer wreckage. I mean, there's only one wreck in one location. Yeah. And they introduced it still. They didn't wait for the tech that allows them to place them automatically. They just did it. And so I think that's what we're going to see with these underground facilities. We're probably going to have just a couple of them, one or two maybe, that we'll be able to go to to kind of test out the experience, see how it works. Uh, like River Tech, too. There's another example. Like, they added one river for us to yeah. go explore. No, it's... Just other it, stuff. So. It's,
0: for me, it's mostly just that it feels weird to have giant bunkers in Pyro, you know, where they're like, oh, people could barely live here. They're run by gangs. It's, it's oh, the no, frontier.
1: The 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 lore of it is certainly uh, I think it's it's a highly industrialized mining activity, uh, and they did show like concept art for abandoned an abandoned facility. So the yeah. one that they showed seemed like it was on Hurston. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I would expect to see in Pyro would probably be in a bit more disrepair.
0: Okay, that's fair. Uh,
1: so I think we'll we'll just have to see how they decorate and differentiate them. So I'm I'm excited for that, and I I think they they're really really cool. They're really I I really like them.
0: I'm interested in knowing how much activity they're planning for them if they're if they're thinking it's it mm-hmm. could fit in between something like an outpost and a in a landing zone because they showed like these massive corporate lobbies and like all these different locations for work to be done and I was I was thinking 60 60 minutes of gameplay yes but also are there going to be other reasons to go there besides just the missions is that a place where I'm going to want to go to trade things or sell things or even maybe run some refining or mining activities is this where our mining and refining things will be taking place uh, apart from just outposts and space stations i was very interested in learning more about that kind of stuff but i imagine that's still sort of in the concept phase or maybe they don't want to talk too much about that
1: yeah I, i maybe they just didn't think to mention it but i'm sure they're thinking about stuff like that but i agree i think that's uh Something they should do with them if they're making these big extravagant facilities that uh, they should be points of interest that you can QT to on the map. And perhaps with those landing areas that they showed off, there are places where you can buy and trade stuff. So they're mm-hmm. functioning parts of the economy. That makes sense in terms of lore. Yeah. I do hope that they do that. So yeah. It's a good point.
0: um And like you said, and also like uh, uh, one of the supporters in chat just build and play said, you believe that this could be something for pyro for 4.0 and i originally was thinking oh gosh this is a lot of concept art and then they did show some of that that more in-depth stuff at the end but then i realized like the locations team as you said this point of interest team the montreal team and the eu locations team have been really good at taking things from concept to in-game quickly we at, at this point in time last year we had no idea that they had plans for derelict outposts or ruins uh as you could call them and they introduced those concepts in january and got them to us in game like by may so i think that's kind of the one sort of thing that i look at this uh, panel and even considering all of the concept art they were showing i'm still like there is a very good chance that this could be there next year
1: i i think it will the only question is how much gameplay is it going to have right it'll certainly have at least one or two missions they won't introduce it without a single mission to experience with it Mm -hmm. but the quality of those missions is still up in the air what will we see so i'm pretty confident we'll see it just not sure in what form uh, the missions will be
0: yeah moving on to the need for speeds this is probably one of the more decisive panels topics um There's a lot of discussion to be had around this. I think there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered surrounding this. But there's kind of two different changes going on here. There is first the Mm -hmm. addition of Quantum Boost, which is kind of this mid-distance travel method that they've introduced to the game. Faster than normal travel, slower than quantum travel. And then there's also these two different modes that they've made. Basically going back to the old version of combat and cruise mode and speeds and switching between those things. How do you feel about these additions?
1: I actually really, really like them. Um, It does seem to be that they're returning to a flight model that they had many, many, many years ago, pre Uh, 2.6. For those people, I'm sure there are many now who weren't around then, this flight model did exist before. There was no such thing as quantum boost. That wasn't a thing, but there was cruise mode and SCM mode and it had a completely different feel to it obviously now this return to this kind of form seems a bit more polished and um, i'm excited for that it actually uh, i I think that first of all there's been a huge problem with the way combat works um for the majority of people um i would say the non-sweaties the people who don't (laughs) spend all their time doing space combat Space combat is a really frustrating experience. Um, it ends up being a lot of jousting because it takes a lot of situational awareness to understand your ship's uh, your vo- ship's velocity um, yeah. and vector um, to be conscious of your location and how far you are away from a target you might be defending or or attacking is also very difficult to keep in mind. And so when you get into a big uh, you know a, a big fur ball which happens at like, say, Jumptown, and we, I've gotten into quite a few, after a little bit, you might find yourself like 300,000 uh, kilometers away from where you previously were because you've just been so focused on trying to kill the guy uh, or the group of people that you've been fighting with. You've been orbiting so fast at like thousands of kilometers per second that you end up being way far away. Um, so not only is that kind of frustrating, but what ends up happening is that uh, you only see the person that you're shooting at for a couple of seconds, maybe. Uh, you're mostly just shooting at UI elements, which isn't at all visually engaging. And that has made uh, the, the combat just very visually uninteresting, I would say, to like people who maybe are coming from outside of Star Citizen and expecting to see something more Star Wars-like. Uh, like what they typically have seen in all science fiction um movies and and in shows. I mean like think think guys about like what has science fiction combat traditionally looked like outside of games or shows like the expanse. It's always been you see the ship that you're shooting at, uh, and you see the lasers or you see the the rounds I mean like Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, um uh, Babylon five, you know, you name it uh, Stargate SG1. It's all In your face, a very close range. And yeah, it's not realistic, but it's visually very entertaining to look at. Like you can easily tell who's fighting who, um, what kind of ship they have, uh, all that stuff. Uh, And and I think that that has been something that Star Citizen has sorely been lacking. Uh, And so I'm glad to see them bringing that back down again so that we're not going to be doing jousting anymore. We're not going to be flying away hundreds of thousands of kilometers from our objective uh, um, and everybody's going to kind of be fighting in a relatively similar way because like I said, unless you're sweaty, uh, who knows how to control their speed, newbies just kind of fly by each other. You know, they, they they don't know that they're going so fast. They don't understand like, why do I keep going past this guy? I don't understand. Like, why can't, why can't I shoot this guy? He's always out of range. Um, and it just becomes a really frustrating, uh, problem. And another problem with those speeds, of course, is as well, registration and desync when things are moving so fast, um I'm sorry there just isn't an engine out there that can calculate impacts and physics at that speed. Um that's why most games limit their speeds is because the physics engines have problems keeping up. The networking has problems syncing up player positions and so what you end up getting is a very frustrating experience where you think you're shooting somebody but you're not because the server the server and the client aren't synced together. They're they're not keeping up with one another. So I think this is also going to bring the speed down to a point where it feels a lot more responsive it feels like when you shoot somebody that they're actually being damaged um so i'm i'm excited for that uh, uh there's 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 honestly a lot to talk about i'm sorry if you want to say something feel free to interrupt me but i can just keep going with this cuz there's a lot to talk about with it <laughs> there um, is
0: i think that there are so many different ways to look at this change um, one of mm-hmm. one of them for me is that this is an artificial limitation i've I've been very vocal about uh, not in not liking what hover mode was because it was mainly an artificial limitation to complete something that I think they could have done naturally through something like the heat system or the wear and tear system on thrusters and this feels kind of similar not I don't want to say that because of that it shouldn't be in the game because I the more I think about it the more I realize that even if they wanted to try and, balance hey you can't go faster than that speed while you're fighting by using the power system ultimately that's that doesn't give them a hard line to base the gameplay off of it still requires a lot of consideration for edge cases and for people who play in certain ways and it could lead it could leave too much up in the air for question of how people might fight so i do understand i guess why they're putting this sort of hard limit on the speeds for combat but I, I, I wish they had a better excuse for why, say, going certain speed disables your sh- your uh, your your weapons, your shields and your countermeasures. I, I really do think that they should try to figure out a way to make resource management factor into that, um, because just simply turning I mean, I- people's shields off just because they're going fast. I don't know about that.
1: I mean like it's it's ultimately though a game man. I mean like it's it's none yeah. of this is realistic. Yeah. If it, if you want realistic space combat look to the expanse and that's what you have. You know you're you're traveling at relative uh tens of thousands of kilometers per second um from your opponent and you're just shooting at somebody's uh image on a screen uh who's who's literally way out of eyesight from you. Um and then the the the, the basically the combat lasts a split second because the moment you get hit, you're dead, you know, a railgun run goes through your ship and blows up your reactor. You're dead. And that's it. That's the games. The game's over. It's just a second of combat. Yeah. It, it's really cool for a show and a book, but I don't know how entertaining that would actually be for most people, especially for all the ships that they've designed. They've designed ships that look like fighters.
0: Yeah. I agree um, with you and there. So
1: you expect that they would be, there'd be fighters I mean, we don't have big ships like the expanse to shoot at each other with. So, um, clearly that's never been their intention. Um, so ultimately, I think that means is that they, they they do have to limit this combat speeds because they have tried incentivizing people slowing down, like with mm-hmm. the a weapon at inaccuracy an um, going up substantially over SCM that they, uh, they, they've tried that they've tried that for years. They've been trying to do that ever since they changed um, the game from the super cruise mode, but they have not been able to get it. So, I think it's fine for them to cut their losses and go back to a system that at least worked at the beginning and and try to iterate iterate on that. and from what they've said, it does seem to work because now players who are less knowledgeable um, aren't able to accidentally fly at stupid speeds uh, yeah. and not under and and thus they they don't they aren't left with this feeling of frustration and not understanding why combat is so dissatisfying for them
0: yeah I mean so- I
1: think the only people who get something out of combat right now are the people who know how to do space combat, Mm -hmm. um, who know how to fly at reasonable speeds and control that and have that, that, uh, situational awareness. So anyway,
0: and I think with a game like this, they'll always be fighting that battle of how much do we leave up for the player to have to learn in order to be better at, um, how much did we, how much, how long do we want to wait for players to realize that their shots are missing because they're flying too fast versus how many things should we just kind of nip out of the way right now and just make it so that we can straightforward tell players what's going on. And right.
1: and there's the other thing, man, like at what, at what point do you say then if you go down the route of being no limits, at what point do you say that this is fast enough or like, um, because at the moment, 1200 meters a second, there's still a speed limit. it's just twelve hundred meters a second versus three hundred meters a second they are mm-hmm. both speed limits. So if what you're saying is you'd rather have no limits, how does the game even work that way? How do you do the physics calculations? Like I said, there just isn't a game engine to be able to calculate that right now. Every game I've played with space uh space games have had issues calculating collisions uh and and combat damage at those kinds of speeds. I just don't think it's realistic to expect them to be able to to ha- to be able to figure out a way when nobody's been able to Do that. I mean, they'd have to calculate collisions within fractions of fractions of fractions of of seconds. At speeds of like the expanse. Yeah. Um. There's just not a computer fast enough to calculate that.
0: And and going less on the combat speed stuff and more on now Mm -hmm. the sort of cruise slash quantum speed kind of things. Personally, I was hoping that we'd get higher speeds than 1,200 meters per second. Um. But that is pretty fast.
1: Actually. I will say that it did seem like they were faster. I was looking back at the footage, and some of the ships were going over that, and it seemed like the like the speed meter even went higher. So I'm not sure. I think they might actually allow you to go faster now. I hope so. In uh, in quantum, I, I I hope so too. I hope so too. I think it's I, I, like they could double it, but that doesn't mean they have to go back to every single ship.
0: Sure. <laughs> and adjust the speeds. But ultimately, I I I'm gonna keep coming back to this point because I think it matters. Mm-hmm having a legitimate and, and easily justifiable reason for why everything shuts down when you're going that fast or using your thrusters at that level. I think they could very easily tie that into, to resource management and just say, Hey, you know, you're going this fast. All of your power is required for your thrusters. We can't get any to your shields or weapons because it just, it makes more sense and that's not very important, but I'm. I'm like that. I'm fidgety. I want, <laughs> that's what I want to be done. And that's how you must do it, CIG. I, I do appreciate. Well, are they
1: having a lore reason, yeah. I mean, I, I'm fine with that if they want to create some explanation, but make up whatever you want. I, I just think that the combat has been very boring up until this point, mm-hmm. um, except for a select few who really get into it. And even then, it's, it's a frustrating experience um, when people just constantly kite and they don't engage, you know, it's, it's a, it's very, very frustrating. So
0: from the combat side of things, I, I do see this helping and I'm glad that it feels like they have some good confidence behind this model um in the past they've talked about how Mm -hmm. they are doing a change and then they also want to do this change in the future to kind of help with it or they are experimenting with this change but they might go this way with this one when they Mm -hmm. did the communications on this it really felt like they were like okay we have tested the crap out of this it's fun it works it's something we can move forward with now we're figuring it out for the pu and i hope it's something that translates well to the pu um but ultimately, it's nice to see some, uh, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of combat gameplay, at least as an yeah. initial design.
1: Absolutely, you know. I I also want to address one other thing about this change that I think a lot of people are going to be commenting in your in your podcast about, and that's like, oh, get good. You just don't you don't understand how good this system <laughs> I can't is. You're get terrible. Good. <laughs> um. Uh. Or like, yeah, you just don't like you don't like it because it's so hard with combat speeds. I mean i just gotta ask is like speed the only factor in making a skill ceiling high i i don't think so i mean i i think there are plenty of examples out there where you know everyone's kind of on the same playing field but there's still a high skill ceiling i don't think speed in star citizen is the only thing that determines what the skill ceiling is i think there's still going to be a huge difference between very experienced pilots who know about positioning and have better situational awareness than newbies doing an SCM top speed sort of combat system. It was like that back in the old days. Ask anybody who's been around back in those old days about how combat felt back then. A lot of them will tell you that they really liked it. And there was still a difference between very skilled people and people who are newbies. So I still think we're going to have a fun experience. I think we just got to give it a chance, man. Let's just
0: see. how it is? Yeah, this is one part of of combat. This is speed. This is yeah. we're still there's still pitch, there's still roll, there's yaw. Like you have thrusters mm-hmm. in different parts of your ships that can act certain ways. There's power balancing. There's different components you can have uh, atmospheric right. versus non-atmospheric flight. Different types of weapons. There's a lot of stuff that'll go into the balance of combat as a whole. Uh, so I think yeah. and armor. Oh my gosh, the armor system. Yeah is is also something that's big to think about so there are talking, a lot of things to consider about the here
1: power, yeah I and mean, you're talking about the power management system don't forget that they talked about again emphasizing that the time to kill is going to go drastically up with these new systems coming online because they uh ships are going to be more resilient with their systems so it's going to be more about disabling or functionally disabling a ship um rather than blowing up a ship yeah. in the future so uh, and, 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 again, I'm I a lot of people are worried about like being forced to, I've heard a lot of uh, complaints about people who don't like being in combat about being forced to engage people. I, again, I don't know where people are getting that from. I think we just need to wait and see. It does seem that even with the five second transition time between SCM and quantum, that if you want to get away from a fight that you can, I think the only exception might be small ships where those five seconds could be the the time where you die from a missile. Mm. But we'll just have to see. Yeah. They, they certainly have to balance this. I think there's a reason why they didn't show everything, this whole system working in full. It's because they're still balancing it. Uh, and when when we get it, I think that's when we start to give them feedback and saying, hey, this works. Hey, this doesn't work. Um, I I think that they need to try this because right now I don't think what we have now is working. I don't think what we have now is great.
0: Yeah. So the the idea behind this is really good obviously there's going to be some problems they'll have to balance out definitely the the transition period of dropping out of quantum because of interdiction mm-hmm. oh my shields are, are down because i was in quantum mode are they coming back up in time i'm already being shot oh my gosh i can't speed up in time like there's going to be a lot that they have to they're going to have to dial into that kind of five seconds of engagement and figure out how do we make sure that that's still reasonable? How How is that still fair for cargo haulers or people with big ships, people with small ships? So work to be done on this. It's all work in progress, but the idea behind it seems really cool. And yeah, it does. I like that quantum boost feels like it is now notifying to us that, that sort of mid distance exploration gameplay that I don't know about you, but I was never really sure if they were actually gonna be going, I, I wasn't sure if they were gonna go 0 to 200 kilometers, and then like 5 million kilometers in terms of the scales for exploration. With Quantum Boost, Mm -hmm. it feels like now they've just bridged that gap. They said, okay, yeah, 100 kilometers away, there might be something out there. But 200 kilometers away, we can also, you know, make it realistic that you'll travel there. You know what I mean? Like Quantum Boost feels like that mid-level travel distance that opens up a lot more exploration gameplay than we've been thinking about before.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the quantum boost is is the X factor of this whole new change that I think we just have to wait and see about. I, I think it could change the experience in a lot of unexpected ways for both combat and exploration. Yeah, this, this additional motive of travel is, I think, a great addition. Anything more that give anything that gives us a little bit more control over the way we travel through space over great distances is great. Given the size of Star Citizen, especially the Pyro system, which is much bigger than Stanton, so I'm excited to see yeah. what that does. For for the game.
0: um Moving on to Lorville, what do you think mm-hmm. of the Lorville remake?
1: I think the Lorville remake looks really really impressive. I love the uh, concept art for it. I hope that they get some of the lighting and finer details down, uh, like the concept art. But the uh, the final art that they showed us, which means that it's very close to being done. We might even get it in a three nineteen patch or three eighteen patch. We'll have to see. I think it looks really, really good. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else. There's much to say about it. They didn't talk about any of the gameplay that's supposed to be involved with it because part of the reason why they're redoing it is they want to introduce um, gameplay, gameplay locations within the city like they did with uh, Crusader. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another one of those things that we'll have to wait and see about. So, yeah.
0: that was. I was actually a little disappointed with the fact that we didn't hear anything about like building interiors or any new things that they might be doing with spawn closets or plans for npcs in the city it was kind of just seeing the city yeah. itself being redone
1: yeah yeah i guess i guess from when you said it like that i was it was kind of disappointing There just it just means that there's not much to talk about yeah. um with it unfortunately so yeah we'll have to wait and see on that one unfortunately
0: <laughs> do you think what they showed fits sort of the vibe that the concept art shows for that city more. I, I feel like the city has al- always had that sort of gritty feeling that they tried to sell yeah. with Quan- concept art, but it never felt as industrial, dangerous or dirty as what they showed. Did this feel better to you?
1: Yeah, I think it felt better, but I still think they've got a little bit of fine tuning to do with the, like I said, with the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's too yellow. It's too monotone. Okay. I think the, the, the concept art does a much better job of making it feel uh like a dystopian blade runner-esque city which is clearly what the inspiration is from i mean i saw a lot of like uh, pyramid type architecture there which is clearly taken from the the inspirations that blade runner had yeah Uh, so i hope they, they they get that nailed down better yeah and um excited to see it in first person
0: Chris will like literally point at the building and be like, "Look, it's the Tyrell building." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I hope they get more smog. That's just what I want to see. More smog for Lorville, please.
1: Yeah, definitely more environmental effects. Make it feel. Make it feel real. Let's go.
0: Hey everybody, Space Tomato here. Sorry to interrupt this talk, but it was a good talk. It was also a very long talk. We went on for quite a while, so I split it into two parts. And while most of the official event was covered in this first part, the next part we'll be talking about things like the new skill system coming to characters in Star Citizen, the new EVA, Moby Glass, and a couple more things like resource management. So if you've enjoyed this and want more of the juicy info, go check that out on whatever platform you are watching or listening on. See you there.